Welcome to Better Equipped. I'm Cody Balch, and I'm so grateful that you tuned into this video. It's a really, really important one. It's one actually that I have been spending months, um, not quite a year, but months thinking about, praying about, fasting about, okay? And it's about my heart for the church, the body of Christ, okay? Uh, which is the people of God, um, uh, particularly here in America. And that's where I live. And so um, I'm concerned. I'm really concerned. And so I want to I wanna say a few things at the front end of this video um, just to make myself really clear before I dive in. This is going to be a three-part series, this, this topic. And it's going to be talking about the state of the church in America today. Then we're going to talk about God's design. The second video will be God's design versus kind of what we've made it into. And then the third part, the third video will be kind of what, how am I metabolizing it? What, what am I doing? And, and why have I chosen the house church model? Okay. So I want to be clear. A, um, my agenda is not uh, particularly house churches. Um, the model of, of the way we do church is, is far less important than the faithfulness within any model. Um, and so I think each model has strengths and weaknesses. Uh, I don't think they're created equal. Um, but I, I think that, um, there's no perfect thing, no perfect way to live out with people involved in this life. Um, but every model, every way of doing, uh, living out church, the body of Christ should take honest, hard inventory of, is this the way God designed it? Is it helping us being more faithful to Jesus? And where do we need to shift? I think no matter where you're at, where we're at in the world, what kind of church you go to, obviously a gospel-centered, Bible-believing church, but but like, yeah, the model's secondary, I get it, but like, is your model helping you live into faithfulness to, to what God's design is for the church? So I think I want to just say that up front. Um, secondly, I want you to know that I am not a deconstructionist. I love the church. I love Jesus. I love his people. I love his word. And I am not intending or seeking or um, uh, trying to tear down the body of Christ, but I am um, speaking some, some truth into it that, that to help us, you know, really have a repentant heart and turn where we need to turn and, and build up the body of Christ. But as we see in scripture, the, you know, the apostles, we see this with prophets, with Israel, calling them away from things that are pulling them away from the Lord. We see this with the apostles. We see this with Jesus. Okay. There is a place within the body of Christ, even constructively to, to, to call out where we're not meeting the mark, where we're not, where we've gotten off track. And so that's my heart is not to tear down the body of Christ, not to discourage you, but to, to help us really see clearly the problem that's at hand and, and really build up the body of Christ. So um, I want to start with uh, just reading scripture. I want to start in Ephesians chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 15. And I know in my verse by verse series, I just uh, taught through uh, all this a few weeks ago. But it's but I want you to hear the the heart posture of the Apostle Paul and his care for the church, his love for the church, his, what he says, how God views the church, his people. And so it says this in verse 15 of chapter 1 in Ephesians. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's 
people. Again, you're not going to hear a thing about your attendance at church and, and uh, you know, all the stuff about your Sunday services. It has nothing to do with that. Nothing. It's your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people. I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Pause. His holy people is God's inheritance. We, as people of God, are God's inheritance. That's amazing. That's what he views. That's what he thinks about the church. He says, and, and, so his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. He thinks highly of you. He wants to give you amazing gifts through the Holy Spirit. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Okay, the power we have access to is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. That's amazing. And seat him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So I think it's going to be important to start by saying, God views the church, the people of God, so highly that he gave his life for them, to save them. Then he fills them with his spirit to give them power. And they're his treasured possessions, his his inheritance. And then he says that the church is the body of Christ who fills everything in every way. That, that, That we as the people of God are literally the representatives of Christ's body on this earth. And I want to say, like, imagine I said to my wife, um, Micah, I love you, but I can't stand your body. I don't need your body. I don't want your body. Okay, I'm not just talking sexually. I'm just talking like, yeesh. Like, there's no way to slice that and put that in a positive light, okay? But so often people say to Jesus, Jesus, I love you and what you did on the cross, but I can't stand your church, your people. There's some good reasons why. I'm not, I'm not a perfect husband. The church is not perfect. We're made up of very imperfect people. Okay, we need a doctor. Um, but we cannot throw the baby out with the bathwater here. We cannot throw the body of Christ out with Christ. It's his body. We can't say that the church is optional. And I'm not talking about church attendance. Church attendance comes uh, as a, as a, you know, an, an a, a, a lag measure to prioritizing Jesus's people, desiring to love God's holy people and pour into them in, in very specific ways. So, so I, I share all that to say God views his church. So, so special, his people. And so do I. And so 
uh, I think oftentimes the, you know, the church is threatened as we kind of shine a light on it or hold a mirror up to it because it's, it's really threatening to our structures, our, our, um, our man-made structures and organizations. I think it, we want, we need our, our stats to stay consistent or go up. We need our budgets and our attendance to be stable or getting better. And, and, and there's things that feel like, oh, this is going to pull people away from that. And I, and I say, I'm sorry, kind of, but like, listen, that's not what Jesus ever told us to be about, ever. Especially not at the expense of being faithful to his design. Here's the state of the church, and here's why this matters. It's not the only reason it matters. The, the reason it matters is because we, we should be faithful to Jesus as head and Lord over the church. Nothing else, okay? But here's some stats. Here, and again, these are depressing. We shouldn't be depressed because of our hope in Jesus, but, but these are sad stats. This is a sad state of the church in America right now, okay? And so no particular order here. It says only 47% of adults in the United States currently claim any affiliation with any church, synagogue, or mosque. 47% of adults in America claim any affiliation. It doesn't even mean they attend anywhere. And it's not even within Christianity, just anything. 47% claim any affiliation with anything like that. Okay. So even less than that is Christians. Okay. By the way, since in the last 80 years, that's been a 30% drop, 29% to be exact. So I'm rounding up. Shouldn't 29% drop in the last 80 years. That number Okay, so it, it's it's like, whoa, this is a massive downward slope and it's accelerating. Okay, this is getting faster. People claiming no faith at all in anything is there's been almost a 30% drop in the last 80 years. Since the year 2000, there's been a 13% drop of U.S. adults claiming any religious affiliation. So, so. 30%, 29% in the last 80 years, but in the last 20 years, 23 years, it's been even faster acceleration. Almost half of that percentage has happened just in the last 20 or so years. Okay, so this is happening and accelerating quickly. People are leaving faith or not coming to faith. In the last 20 years, people who claim to be practicing Christians has fallen from 45% to 25%. That would equate with that that percentage we just looked at, 13%. In the past 20 years, people who claimed to be non-Christians or agnostic rose by 12%, kind of that other side of that. Only 5% of professed churchgoers, okay, churchgoers, that's a broad term there, claim to give 10% or more to any charity at all, not just churches, anything at all, okay? 5% of people who claim to go to church give a tithe or more, 10% or more, to anything outside of themselves, okay? So generosity has been, been, been uh, going down, down, down. Um, currently, less than 5% of people who respond to an altar call, out of 100 people um, who respond to an altar call, okay, and what, no matter what your views are on altar calls, listen to this, out of 100 people who respond to an altar call, a year later, only 5% of them are still practicing in their faith. 
Okay, so there's a 95% attrition rate from people who respond kind of to this emotional altar call. Not a great uh, sticky rate. Only 41% of Americans view the church as a trustworthy organization. Do you think 41% is good or bad? No. I think the church should be viewed trustworthy. I think it should be. But 41%, which means that, uh, you know, this 59% claim that it's not, don't believe that it is trustworthy. Only two out of 10 millennials believe church attendance is important or worthwhile. Okay, 20%, only 20% of millennials believe that church attendance is important or worthwhile. Nearly 40% of millennials consider themselves religiously unaffiliated. Okay, that's millennials. 40% of them are like, I don't affiliate with anything. The other 60 could be anything. It could be like, I believe there's a spirit in the universe somewhere. Like it's, it's something members of Gen Z, those who are just entering into college. Okay. So the Gen Z generation that hence the gen part, I think that means generation Z, <laughs> they are twice as likely to claim to be an atheist as the rest of the population. Okay. So this means that those who are entering college are young adults, our youngest adults are twice as atheist as the rest of the general population. Again, this acceleration in the wrong direction. This is not people moving toward faith, people moving away from faith. 77% of people who have no religious affiliation, okay, so within those who have no religious affiliation, 77% of those people, it says, uh, say that they have no interest in exploring faith or religion in their future. There's just a closeness. There's, there's a bad taste in their mouth for some reason that they don't even have any openness to ever thinking they would explore or be open to faith or religion in any case. God can change their heart, but that's a sad stat. 46% of pastors ages 45 or younger say that they are considering quitting full-time ministry together. Almost Half, 46%, almost half of people in full-time ministry under the age of 45 are saying, I'm considering getting out of full-time ministry. Hopefully their faith is still intact. But why? Why is this? A few more stats. Only 26% of practicing Christians, okay? So this, in this chart, there's all U.S. Christians. Then there's uh, churchgoer Christians, and then there's practicing Christians. Okay, so what's the difference? You tell me, what's the difference between Christians, church-going Christians, and practicing Christians? I don't know, but they're saying the cream of the crop, the practicing ones, uh, only 26% of the practicing Christians know what the Great Commission is and could tell someone else what it means. That's a, a quarter of the practicing Christians, which is already a small, small amount, only a quarter of them know what the core mission of the church, of a Christian, is. What are we, what are we doing? Like, how's that possible? That's really, really sad. Only 2%, okay? So that's a barely a measurable amount. Only 2% of, of U.S. Christians 
report to sharing their faith with others. Only 2%. Now, I mean, you think about it, like, you got staff clergy who makes up some level of that 2%. So, like, outside of staff and clergy, there's not a large percentage of people who are claiming to share their faith with anyone under any circumstance. And we wonder why that stat is plummeting, okay? Not just preaching at people, sharing their testimony, sharing the gospel. What does it mean to your life? How has it saved you? What has Jesus done for you? And what is he offering to them? 2% would claim that. That's, that's crazy. Yet 81% of Americans still believe that there is some sort of God, some sort of, even this, in, this includes even like a, 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 a spirit God of the universe, like something really not nebulous. This isn't even like the Christian God. And so for, for this, for this video, I just want us to look in the mirror and say, are, are we okay with that? Do we think, do we think this is what God has in mind? Now I want to say something that like to clarify that, that the Bible doesn't say that, that Christianity will will be the majority uh, percentage within your country or the world. Okay. It never says like, Hey, um, you're only winning if we're at 51% or more of people who claim to be Christians. In fact, in the Bible, it, it, it doesn't really make it seem like that's going to be a, a growing percentage, at least globally, that most will not want to deny themselves and receive, you know, die to themselves and receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I think that needs to be taken into context. But with that said, what we're seeing is children growing up in churches leaving. What we're seeing is people not ever really hearing or coming into contact with the gospel through a person that follows Jesus. And there are people who are claiming that the church is hypocritical, that they're fake, that they're, that they're judgmental. And this is beyond just like holding to certain views. I think that is factoring into it dramatically. That there's things that churches, some churches aren't, and Christians are not compromising on. It factors into this. But are we looking in the mirror and saying, is, is this what God had in mind? Is the church that we're, the American church, the church in America, is, 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 is what we're living out, what, what we see in scripture, what God calls us to? Is this, was this his design? Are we doing it and just not seeing great results? Or are we already up against a spiritual warfare that's battling and raging no matter what, even if we're being faithful? I mean, like, but, but, we're, not, but we're not doing it anywhere near the way God wants us to. I mean, listen, I'm painting with a broad brush here. And I don't know where you're at. And if you're listening, there's a decent chance that you're interested in, in faithfully being a person of God and with the people of God, the church. But are you willing to make changes, changes in a way that would be, I don't know, tangible changes? What does that look like for a church? What, what changes should a church be considering? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cover more of that in the next video. So I, I hope that you'll join us. I've got, I've got 10 different things listed out that um, I, I really think that we should uh, 
be comparing about God's design for the church and oftentimes what we've made it here in the church in America. And, and it's 10 things that we should take really, really seriously. So um, I know this video, I think they'll get more um, um, positive, I think as the videos go on. So I hope you'll stick with me through this three-part series concerning the state of the church. And um, I hope that you'll you'll go next to God's design for the church. And then, and then thirdly, um, what do we do about it? And and why have I chosen a house church model to, to more faithfully try to try to be flexible to the Lord and his leading his head over the church? So um, I hope you'll continue to join us. If you have any questions, reach out to me at, at betterequippedwithcody at gmail.com. Um, I'd love to encourage you. Maybe you have questions. Maybe you have disagreements. I don't know. But you can comment or, or, or reach out to me. And I'd be happy to uh, dialogue, interact with you, and, and hopefully help spur one another on toward faithfulness to Jesus.